0: You're listening to the Spain and Fitz podcast.
1: Spain and Fitz on ESPN radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, channel 80. Sarah Spain, Jason Fitz, ESPN radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. For once, it's a Thursday night football game that on paper might not stink. At least it's between two teams we think could be. We'll see. I don't know. We'll get both sides of it. <laughs> a sense of what to expect tonight. We start with ESPN Titans reporter, friend of the show, friend of ESPN Radio. It's Ron Davenport. TD, uh, give me a sense here. Like I feel like the Titans, the Titans run the ball so well and the Packers don't stop the run well. So why is it more complicated than that?
0: Well, you know, quite frankly, it isn't more complicated than that. That's what it comes down to. I would expect to see probably uh, 60 to 70 carries from Derrick Henry. No, I'm just kidding. It should be like a 30-carry game for him because this is one of those times where that style of play is really suited to the elements.
2: T.D., how do you explain the Titans having one of the better records in a league full of mediocrity when their offense is 32nd, their defense is 23rd? I mean, other than that second-ranked rushing defense, uh, they're not in the top five in any phase. What are they doing to get these wins?
0: Well, it's all about literally finding ways to win. And, you know, whether it's a flea flicker to Nick West, rookie Kenny, or it's, you know, a, a defensive touchdown or, or getting a turnover. Those are the things that they're doing, and that's how they win. If you notice, all their games are very close games uh, for the most part. I, I think uh, five out of their six wins are, are one-score differences. So it's just one of those things where the coaching staff, they do such an excellent job of getting these guys in, in the right position, especially defensively, and they're winning games. And I, I think it's just like outfoxing the opposing team. That's That's probably the best way to put it.
1: Teron, they're getting some pressure on the quarterback the last couple of weeks. What's changed, and is it sustainable?
0: Yeah, I think it is very sustainable. And the thing that you have to look at with that pressure that they're getting, for the most part, it's only by rushing four. So that lets you drop seven into covers. But you look at Danico Autry, he's quietly having a Pro Bowl level year. And, uh, you know, Titans fans really need to, you know, bang the table and, and, and vote for him to make the Pro Bowl. And then you look at other guys, you know, Jeffrey Simmons, you know, he's playing outstanding football. Tierra Tart, you go, you go to Rashad Weaver. I mean, they're, I, I always joke, I, I say this joke, right? You know the Will Smith movie, I Am Legend? Of course. Ah. And, and you know how he was, he was sitting there with the dog, and he had the, the the room sealed off, and the zombies just kept coming and coming. They're banging against the door. That's the Titans' defensive line. So for me, you know, when I look at that, that's why they're, they're so good at rushing the passer. And then you're also getting, when Elijah Molden is there, they like to blitz him kind of the way that the chiefs and, and, and saints, you you know, have used Tyron Matthews. I
2: don't know about you guys, but I'd rather be a werewolf than a zombie. Yeah, Uh, for
1: sure. sure.
2: I've heard that a lot recently. Uh, Teron Davenport with us here on Spain and Fitz at T Davenport underscore NFL is where you can follow him. Um, Vrabel getting a lot of deserved credit, especially this season because many of us Fitz and I included kind of wrote off this Titans team. Uh, in the offseason, we didn't like the looks of him. When the season started, we didn't like the looks of him. And he is somehow getting a lot out of what looks like a little. What's the secret? What do you hear from the players about how Vrabel gets the most out of his roster?
0: Well, really, a lot of it is what he does in the building, just as far as emotional deposits. You know, making these guys really want to play for him. and I mean, look, they're professionals, so... That shouldn't make much of a difference, but it's just one of those things where, as a group, like they're able to rally around each other. It's a family atmosphere, and uh, that's something that really helps. You know, when times get tough, you're not going to point fingers, right? You know, if the defense is having a bad day, the offense is not going to point fingers and vice versa. In fact, you look at what Derrick Henry did after the Chiefs lost. He went and shook literally every defensive player's hand and and thanked them for their efforts. That's the family-type atmosphere that they have, and that, I think, is is what makes the difference a lot of times. You know, like I said, allows them to rally together in tough times.
1: Well, I, I, we got to get your pick, and we got to get you out of here. But 30 seconds or less, does quarterback even matter for this team?
0: Uh, it does. It does, but I, I think it's all about 22 in the defense. That, that's really what it's about. So you want my pick. I, I'm going to Titans. I mean, when you look at a team that, that runs the ball like this with Derrick Henry, going against, you know, a team that gives up 140 rushing yards per game, give me Derrick Henry. That's the way I take it.
1: Oh, man. See, I feel even better about my pick now. Follow him on Twitter at davenport underscore NFL doing God's work covering the team. Appreciate you, my friend. Thanks so much for hanging out
0: with us. For sure. Appreciate you guys for having me. So
1: that was the Titans' side of it. Now let's get the Packers' side of it from ESPN Packers reporter Rob Domovsky. Rob, always appreciate your time, my friend. Uh, they get a big win over the Cowboys. Does that change everything for the Packers?
3: I can tell you this, Jason. It changed their mood. Like, I mean, you walked into the locker room on Monday and Tuesday, and it was like a different place. I mean, they were bouncing around. They were lively. They were in good spirits. And it had been it, quite frankly, it had been kind of depressing walking in the locker room week after week when nothing changed. So um, I don't know whether that carries over to tonight, um, you know, but certainly they have to at least feel like they've got a vibe going right now. If if one game, if one win can, can provide a vibe, that did it.
2: Uh, before I get to my real question, have you also noticed Aaron Rodgers wandering around in a robe a lot? Some inside sources told me <laughs> there's been a lot of robe wearing lately.
3: Yeah, a lot of robes, a lot of flowing uh, flowing outfits. Um, you know, I don't know what he's channeling. But, yes, there, there's been a lot of okay. strange wardrobe choices, Sarah.
2: Okay. Someone called him Mr. Robe from inside the doors of that building, and I was uh, intrigued about whether that was true. Let's talk about Christian Watson. Obviously a massive game. Is that yep. replicable? Is there a reason to believe that moving forward there's a connection there that there's going to keep working?
3: Well, that's been the question on everybody's mind this week. And and I will tell you this, Sarah, like this is what they drafted him for. Like he's the only guy on the field, on their roster, that can do what he did. Like he, he was supposed to be the guy that could be the deep threat. He's faster, quicker, more athletic, taller than any receiver that they have. I mean, so at least like he showed a little bit of, you know, he, he, it, it's like it bore a little bit of fruit, right? But it had been such a struggle to get to this point uh, both because of injuries and drops. I mean, don't forget, he dropped two passes in the first series of the game against the Cowboys, right? So, And, and I mean, we can go back to training camp when he dropped the ball. Uh, we can go back to uh, the first throw of the first game of, of the season on the first drive. He, he dropped what would have been a 75-yard touchdown pass. So, you know, th- they hope this is a turning point. Um, he talked about how much the guys in the, in the receiver room, specifically like Randall Cobb, said, hey, hang in there, you know, things aren't going well right now, but you're going to be fine. We're going to need you. And, you know, he finally did it partially because he's healthy too. I mean, he's had a knee injury, a hamstring injury, and concussions. That's a career's worth of injury, and he's had it in like eight weeks. Mm.
1: All right, Rob, there's two things I'm sure of tonight. One, it's going to be absolutely freezing. Two, the Titans are going to run the football. So what do the Packers do short of having everybody in the stands come help them out to try and stop Derrick Henry?
3: Yeah, they have to control the ball on offense. I mean, that like their best defense is them staying on the field, which has not been one of their strengths this year. I mean, like their third down percentage has been terrible. And everyone's like, well, why don't they run the ball more with A.J. Dillon and, and, and Aaron Jones? Well, when, you only, when you're only running like 58, 59, 60 plays a game, you just don't have a lot of volume, right? Like, I mean, they want to be running 70, 75 plays on offense, which would skew the time of possession their way. Uh, which would help them be more productive on offense, and and the you know the unintended consequence of that is you keep Derrick Henry and and the Titans' best player off the field for as long as possible. I don't know if that's doable, and even when Henry is on the field, he's got to be licking his chops after watching this this run defense, which is, has struggled. I mean, the Cowboys just go look at the draw plays alone that the Cowboys ran and just destroyed the pack. I mean, Tony Pollard was fantastic on draw plays the other day uh, for the Cowboys and that 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 to me if that's repeatable um, they're in trouble
2: at Rob Domovsky is where you can follow him hey Rob before we let you go if they lose this game tonight uh is it right back to the hand-wringing about you know Roger's contract and what do you do with Jordan Love and what's the expectation of LaFleur and all that or have they bought themselves a little time
3: I don't. I think they bought themselves three or four days from Sunday to today, and <laughs> that's about that's about it at this point, Sarah. I mean, they're not going to go to Jordan Love until they're mathematically eliminated, right? I and mean, so, even if they lose tonight, that's not going to be an issue. But um, like, look, if if they lose tonight, uh, you know, last week meant nothing. So, do you got a pick for us, Rob? Uh, I got to tell you guys, I, I have been awful picking this team um, <laughs> against the spread. Cannot uh, blame you're, you. not, you're not going to. Be- you're not going to believe this, but uh, I am I've lost 25 straight picks on the Packers against the spread in this pick 'em contest that I'm in with a bunch of buddies of mine, none of whom are sports people. They they're all musicians and they think I should know what I'm doing. I am 0 and 25 picking the Packers against the spread. Yeah. Now, it's not every week because they don't include the Packers in this game every week. But there's some pretty famous musicians from some bands you would recognize that ridicule the heck out of me because they said, you're supposed to know about this team. A couple of them are Nashville-based and are going to be here tonight. And thankfully, they didn't include this game on, on this week's card. So, uh, or maybe maybe it's... It's probably a good thing because I
1: wasn't going to break the streak anyway. Uh, look, Rob, <laughs> nothing's worse than a bunch of musicians sitting around. there think thinking they know something about uh, sports. Right? I'm telling you, mm-hmm. they like they are the Especially worst. Especially when oh, their picks are better my, than yours. Got yeah, to yeah, be luck. My, good lord, I feel I, like
3: I want to talk about music and they want to talk about sports. There yeah, you go. Welcome to my always. life, my
1: friend. Uh, we appreciate you hanging out with us. Enjoy the game. Stay warm. And remember, uh, you can still always trash talk them because you have a cooler job than they do. That's that's just a, <laughs> that's what it is. Follow uh, Matt. I don't, no.
3: I don't know about that. <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) I'm biased,
1: for sure. Follow him on Twitter, at Rob Domofsky. Appreciate your time, my friend.
3: All right, guys. We'll be seeing you. ESPN
1: Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. Save when you bundle motorcycle, RV, and boat insurance. Visit Progressive.com. Did the Bills actually get lucky having their game moved away from Buffalo? We'll break it all down for you next. Spain and Fitz on ESPN
0: Radio. Spain and Fitz, the podcast.
1: Spain and Fitz on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Sarah Spain, Jason Fur- Good Lord, I don't know my own <laughs> name. That's going to get uh-huh. clipped off and used against me in a court of law. I'm Jason Fitz, I think. I, You know, God only knows. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. You can tweet us at Sarah Spaden and at whatever I just said. Uh, the Titans are underway against the Packers. A long completion to Burks, somebody that we've been waiting for, the rookie out of Arkansas to really break out for the Titans. Uh, now starting to make an impact as he gets open deep, Ryan Tannehill. It looks like the Titans came out a surprise. I, I can't believe I'm saying this, but the Titans came out with a game plan to throw a couple of times, and that Ooh. caught uh, Caught Green Bay by surprise. And just as I say that right on time, Derek Henry plows ahead for a 10-yard run. We'll keep you (laughs) updated on Thursday night football, especially when it's a game that's actually worth watching. But Sunday, we're going to get an interesting game between the Bills and Cleveland. And this is interesting for a few different reasons, Sarah. Number one, the Bills are a team that everybody's been high on uh, for quite a bit of the season. And as we talked to Mina Kimes earlier, she's still very high on them. But they are a team that we've seen some mistakes from in the last few weeks. And now – in a week that's already been weird because of snow, the game's been moved to Detroit. It moves inside. All of these are different elements that are going to have us sort of watching Josh Allen to see if the gunslinger mentality is something that's a problem or if it was just a little hit and hitch and it's giddy up. Like There are, for the first times in a long time, it feels like there are actually questions around Buffalo.
2: Yeah. I mean, I think we made excuses for Josh Allen uh, after a game that didn't look his best, and Uh, It's a little tougher to do when it looks like a pattern. Um, They, uh, I think, should have showed up more enthused and ready against the Vikings than they did. Uh, So you can't call it a trap game. They had just had one of those. And so now it's a bit of a pattern that you have to look at. And this is something, obviously, that has plagued Josh Allen in early uh, resumes. Uh, You know, people were worried about his accuracy I think what I what it's kinda of crazy to say, but the turnovers have been almost so bad that I'm less concerned about them than if they were like more within the rhythm of the game. They look so boneheaded that it that it feels like something he might be able to snap out of because of the rest of the incredible play we've seen from him and what a hot start they had. So I'm not panicking nearly as much as other folks are, and I think we'll get a more accurate idea of how they look in this game that's, you know, sort of in a way home game versus another week if we had had tons of snow and other things to blame it on.
1: Yeah, it's interesting for me with Josh Allen because I'm with you. We've seen too much greatness for me to be really panicking right now about what Josh Allen does in a regular season game, but we've never seen a quarterback turn over the football that he has and had – tremendous success. There's only two other quarterbacks in history that have gone to the Super Bowl uh, that have turned the football over the way he has. One is Eli Manning and one was Jim Kelly. So it feels like, and that one was all the way back in 92. So you start thinking about what we've seen from Josh Allen this year, and maybe it's a problem, but like so many things, I want to say it's going to normalize until we see it in the playoffs. Like this is one of those moments where I can't do anything about the fact that this is the way it'll be covered. If it's not a problem in the playoffs, we'll look back at this and say we wasted our time. If it is a problem in the playoffs, we'll look back and say well, why didn't we spend more hey, time attention. talking about it right yeah. now?
2: Yeah, You know, I want to ask you that statistic that you just gave on those other two quarterbacks. Is that based on uh, touchdown to interception ratio? Is it based on number of interceptions so far?
1: Number of interceptions. For yeah. this season? Yes. Uh, based okay. on, yes. Yeah, add, it's I, number of total turnovers, actually. I'll look it back up. But yeah, Okay, number for this of total season. turnovers.
2: Yeah, because yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm just looking back no further than last year for the struggles that we saw out of Matthew Stafford that included all the way through the Super Bowl. I mean, he had two picks in the Super Bowl and that team still won. Now, obviously, Matthew Stafford was less of the superstar dominant. He's the guy that's the reason for all their success, as Josh Allen is. But uh, uh, the rest of the team shows up and that defense looks as good as it did earlier. And you're not quite as worried about it. I think that's part of it, too, is uh, what we've talked about when we talked about it again yesterday is Josh Allen not needing to be Michael Jordan.
1: Yeah, you're a thousand percent right with that. And. Again, I I think there's just this moment of that's who they are. You're not going to suddenly change who you are in this process. As I say that, by the way, the Titans have suddenly changed who they are because – they came out just throwing the ball everywhere, so maybe I'm a total idiot. For all of you guys out there that had Dontrell Hilliard as your first touchdown in this game, congratulations. Dinner's on you for the next week. Cause
2: you I don't bet think... on that every week, don't you? Uh,
1: no, no, not first touchdown. That one's too That one's too iffy for me, and I, I certainly wouldn't have put anything on Hilliard. I'm just commending whoever did as the first touchdown. I, I may or may not have dabbled on an anytime touchdown for Derrick Henry, which I feel pretty safe about. But Yes, sir! Uh, uh, you know. <laughs> Uh, but d- let me ask you this. Have we seen anything from the Bills that you think changes the way you see the AFC East overall? Because the Dolphins are now sitting at 7-3 seven, seven and, and are just sort of laughing at all of us that that sort of pre-anointed uh, the, the Bills as the, the future champion.
2: I think it's hard because what we try to do is make definitive ideas about teams early and then as injuries, evolution, coaching, etc., Um, changes the landscape, it's hard for us to move off of what we established early on. I think that's what we're doing. And I think the Dolphins, um, because of the ups and downs of the quarterback position, because of expectations coming in not being as high, um, we really haven't given them the credit that they deserve and that they've proved week in and week out. Um, You know, sometimes it's schedule, and I'm going to stick by not being convinced about a team like the Vikings yet. That's not to say that they can't continue this, but I just am not convinced yet. Um, But yeah, I mean, I think the Dolphins are a team that could absolutely beat the Bills in a playoff game. I would favor the Bills, you know, X out of 10 times, but I don't think the Bills are nearly as untouchable as we thought they were through the first couple weeks.
1: Well, and this happens for every single team at some point. You just earn this sort of benefit of the doubt that we have Mm -hmm. Josh Allen with the Bills, and and Tua is still earning that. Like, I think the Tua has played his way into a great conversation, but there are going to be a lot of people that are still waiting to see until they've seen everything where you can't deny it anymore, much like people were with Josh Allen for the first three years of his career. So I don't think this is, you know, one of those, why are the Dolphins not getting as much respect as a lot of fans would say on social media? But to me, it's just about, all right, If if you've got these two quarterbacks and one you've seen do all of these things and the other one, you're just starting to see it, it just hits different.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, And I think we will obviously um, get another look at Josh Allen. I think this would be a prime time for him to settle in a little, not force it, Uh, not just because of the injury, but also because of you know, the narrative that's building, he could shut it down pretty quick with an excellent game. And I don't think the Browns are a team he needs to force it against to get the win.
1: We're going to keep you updated on Thursday night football. But in the meantime, are the warriors wasting one of the best seasons from one of the biggest superstars in all the league? We'll break it down next. Spain and fits
0: Spain and fits the podcast.
2: I feel like we have some more time, but based on the reporting, out of Twitter and the number of employees not signing up for the hardcore Twitter 2.0 expectations, uh, we might have to tomorrow, Fitz, discuss our like, all-time favorite Twitter moments, shared experiences on the old, uh, old TweetBot.
1: Yeah, it, it's always weird to me because I've made some really amazing friends in my life on Twitter, and uh, there are people that, I mean, I, a large portion of my career I have because I was able to DM people whose work influenced totally. me. So, like, it it's crazy that there were there were pieces of my life that were really shaped by th- this one site. So, interesting to see what happens over the next 24, 48, 72.
2: Totally agree. I slide into a lot of DMs for my podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're uh, not like you the day I it's... woke up and had a blue check mark, I was like, "Oh my god!" Oh, it was a big deal. <laughs> uh, yeah, we'll we'll uh, obviously you will be updated along with us as that continues we'll to go on. You. But for now, we'll assume that it lives. It's Spain and Fitz, Sarah Spain, Jason Fitz, ESPN Radio, ESPN App, SiriusXM Channel 80. Speaking of Twitter. Coming up in about 15 minutes uh, On the Dr. Pepper Twitter feed At Spain and Fitz At Sarah Spain At Jason Fitz You have been flooding us With times that you have destroyed Someone else's property Home, car, etc We will share some of those In honor of the bills Being at Ford Field this weekend Well, let's switch gears for a moment And talk a little hoops Because I don't know how far into the season we can go while still sort of shrugging our shoulders at the Warriors' concerns. It's always going to be the old, well, you know, championship hangover kind of conversation. But 0-8 road skid, losing, you know, 130-119 to 119 to the Suns last night. Uh, and wasting Steph Curry's incredible play, that's a big part of it too, is you've got a guy who's still playing at the highest level and everyone around him just hasn't gotten back into it. And Jay Williams was on Get Up today talking about how they need to do something about this sooner rather than later.
3: When you look at their timelines, what timeline are they on? What path are they on? You have Moses Moody, Jonathan Kaminga, you have James Wiseman who got sent down to the G League. Young guys. Are you building for the future, Greeny? or you're about to be all in with a guy who's having the best season of his career. He's shooting 50, 40, 90, averaging 33 points on a true shooting percentage of 70%, of 70%. So if Klay Thompson is having a hard time getting to where he needed to be, if Jordan Poole is inconsistent, Bob Myers and company, and Joe Lakeup, you have to make a decision. Those pieces that you have on the bench, their bench has not been good defensively, and we're starting to see the starting five lose their defensive luster as well. You need to be all in with Steph Curry's season and make a move by the trade deadline to get him some help.
2: You agree?
1: Yeah. uh, Here's the hard part, is that this team has been so poor defensively, and I usually, we have talked so much on the show about defensive uh, statistics come down to effort so often right like our, our guys out there and I, I think even some of kerr's comments put into question whether or not he's getting the right buy-in from everybody some of uh, of Steph's comments question the same thing and so when something is felt this off from the outset i don't know what necessarily fixes it the hard part is you know you're right to say all right maybe you start looking towards the future if that's what you're doing but that's a hard message for everybody when we're only a few months removed from a championship and a team mm-hmm. that we were sitting here on air. All, all the shows were sitting here saying, Look at this. Like, they can be very good for a really long time, even though some of their core is aging. This is remarkable. And now all of a sudden the wheels have fallen off. Like, I, I don't know. I, I just feel like if we ever get the 30 for 30 behind the scenes of this thing, there was something in this whole off season that triggered everybody, and it just doesn't have the right vibe together. They're not playing. At least not meshed. yet. Right.
2: Right. And, and, and scattered is a word that a lot of different folks have used. Here's what Steve Kerr had to say after the game last night.
3: Well, I saw a lot of hanging heads tonight. I think we're feeling sorry for ourselves, and um, nobody's going to feel sorry for us. Um, so uh, everyone can't wait to play us and kick our ass.
2: <laughs> yep. He, he, he described it as a pickup game. He said they're playing Drew League basketball. No execution at either end. No certain commitment to the group to get three stops in a row to execute an offense. And Kerr said he's failed to bring the team together, but Curry also said, you know, there's kind of a mindset around how I need to help everyone get in the right frame of mind, and I'm up for the challenge of figuring that out, right? Curry's been playing his best. The rest of the team, it's kind of shocking to look at how much roster consistency there is for a team like you mentioned that was second in defensive efficiency a season ago and is now 27th.
1: I mean, when you think about giving up 125 points in six games already, and then you talk about what you just heard from—and by the way, Kerr always seems to know the right things to me as a, as right. a coach to say—when so, to
2: when to really, you know, put the put the blame on, and when to chill.
1: Well, and I think he did a great job there of saying, like, "Hey, we're feeling sorry for ourselves." He's right. Hey, everybody's coming to kick our butts every night. <laughs> He's right. And then in the same sentence, he comes in and says, but I need to do a better job of bringing everybody together. So he makes sure that he's saying publicly, hey, we all got to pick ourselves up. But then he also takes some of the blame on his own shoulders. The hard part for Steph is you even have Steph saying, I accept the challenge of getting guys to understand what it takes. It's just that's what you would expect to hear if this was a rebuilding process that we expected. But you can't just go from a month ago saying, hey, the, look at the Warriors. They could run this thing back to now suddenly saying, well, yeah, they're in rebuild mode. Like, that that's such a wild transition.
2: Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I mean, this – I mean, I think to, to Jay's point, trying to figure out, like, are all of your guys on the same page? I think the way we've talked about this core and the potential last dance-like feels of this year, if not this year, next year, um, has us expecting everyone um, – to be focused on the now. And there are some pieces that are more future pieces, but I think that's just good team management, right? You don't want to be Island of Misfit Toys, Lakers, everybody on their last leg. I think it's right to have some younger guys that are going to pick it up, and um, they just need to come with the same intensity. And I guess that's the question. Is it that the younger guys are coasting after a title and feeling good? Is that the older guys are tired and not bringing it? What did the Draymond Green Jordan pool fracas have to do with anything, right? Is there issues with chemistry that started then and and are playing out in ways that we're not yet privy to because the reporting hasn't been done yet, right? I mean, I would think Ramona Shelburne would be on that. She just did a lengthy Clay Thompson profile. She would tell us if there was something going on in there. So whatever it is, uh, the energy, the focus is not there. And maybe it just needed to get this ugly for them to kick into high gear.
1: Yeah. And that's going to be the the real question is that can you just flip a switch and everybody comes together? And it really depends on what the block is. Like, if the block is an energy block, then yes, I believe you can. If you've got enough guys that have won championships, you can just say, "All right, guys, we really got to take this seriously." If 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 it's a if it's a, a personality block, if it's tension behind the scenes that we're not aware of that's a lot tougher, and losing doesn't make that any easier. I, th- I keep thinking about even what Rob Domovsky, the ESPN Packers reporter, said to us earlier in this show, that this week walking into the facility just felt different, that it's been bad in the last few weeks walking into the Packers facility because you're losing. Like As much as fans hate watching losing, players hate being a part of it even more, and if you're a Warriors organization that hasn't had to do that a bunch with these guys all healthy, now this has to be an added complication and frustration to creating personal relationships when you're also dealing with the problem of losing
2: yeah it's Spain and Fitz here Spain Jason Fitz of course that's going to have us all talking about what move should they make if any and Stephen A was on first take talking about the thing I think we're all thinking
0: this Kevin Durant
1: got
3: at least four more years in this league to do stuff on a similar level he is simply that spectacular and if I'm the Golden State Warriors if I'm Joe Laker if I'm Bob Myers especially the way my young thoroughbreds are looking, they ain't looking like thoroughbreds right now, I would strongly consider
1: what we were hearing prior to the season beginning, KD back in Golden State. Remember, Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, Draymond Green and those brothers all signed off on KD returning. It's just that along the way KD needs to admit, damn, I made a mistake, departed from Golden
3: State for this.
2: Yeah, I don't know if it's going to come out sounding like that. At some point, it might be in the best interest of both KD and the Nets to part ways. And there's certainly a lot of talk about that after the interview he just gave of whether he's looking around and truly enjoying himself in the dark times or whether that you know, trade request is going to come back around. And I don't see it being the Warriors fits. I, I, I mean, I know none of the parties have ruled it out. Um, I just I don't know if I see that happening.
1: Yeah, it'll be weird, too, to me to see how the NBA fans react to it. You know, everybody that hated the first iteration of this now – When it feels like man, it makes the most sense for KD, and it makes the most sense for the Warriors. I just, I would love to see the collective heads of NBA junkies, just like everybody's heads, kind of exploding in that process of watching them come back together and realizing that now suddenly it's kind of likable when they're all together. Because look at what they're coming back for for one more run. Like it's, Mm -hmm. it's the good guys turn or the bad guys turn good in that process. I'm, I'm for it. I just don't know if it happens.
2: We do love to rewrite a story in that way. Um, but imagine if he went back and he and Draymond still hated each other and he was unhappy and he was a double cupcake now, just two cupcakes stacked on top of each other, and then they kept sucking. I mean, there's some risk there, absolutely. Um, It's Spain and Fitz, Sarah Spain, Jason Fitz. Have you ever accidentally messed up someone else's stuff, their house, their car, their belongings, their boat? Well, some of you have. We're going to talk about it next.
0: Spain and Fitz, the podcast.
2: It's Spain and Fitz, Sarah Spain. Jason Fitz, hanging out with you. Thursday night football. Titans got a seven-six lead on the Packers after one. Missed extra point for the pack. Fitz uh, didn't see that one coming, but I guess it's it's tough to kick in the cold, in addition to run.
1: Yeah, I got a got a hand up and blocked it, and also I love. Uh, we can see the Amazon, uh, footage right here, and it's amazing. We're used to seeing coaches sitting down with quarterbacks after drives and after plays. You got Vrabel sitting down with the linebackers with, a, uh, with a, a pad of some sort, drawing different schemes up on what to do defensively different on the next drive. It speaks to mm. sort of what makes him a different coach than so much of what we're used to seeing. He's over there working with the linebackers to figure out what went wrong on that last drive.
2: Spain and Fitz, Sarah Spain, Jason Fitz, ESPN Radio, ESPN App, Sirius XM, Channel 80. We'll keep you updated on that Thursday night football game. We started with the news of the day from the NFL, which was the Bills-Browns game moving to Ford Field in Detroit. There was a lake effect, snow warning, bad weather in Buffalo, and they just decided to get out ahead of it and move the game to Detroit. Um, Mina Kimes talked about on this show earlier tonight why that's a win for the Bills in terms of the move. That's a huge win for the Bills.
3: Um, You know, the fact that it was going to be in the snow made me kind of waver because um, the Bills, the defense is decent against the run, but they have struggled at times. Of course, that is the Browns' strength. And then on the other side of the football, the Bills cannot run the ball at all. So, you know, even though the Browns' defense is terrible against the run, I I would think playing in the snow would help them because the Bills are so much more likely to beat them through the air. But now you're going to a dome where even with Josh Allen's injuries, even with the bad decision-making – um, it just is such better conditions for him to you know, throw the deep ball, which he's still capable of doing, as we've seen.
2: Yeah, and I think she touched on it a little bit, but with Josh Allen's injuries, there was a lot more fear at the conditions just making for some chaos or crazy plays where it's harder to protect. It can happen at any time in an NFL game, but I think this kind of makes you breathe a little easier if you're a Bills fan or part of that team.
1: Yeah, and I think even for all of us watching, like, what I want to see is Josh Allen at his best. It's really interesting sometime when you know when these windows sort of close on teams and that's not happening anytime soon for buffalo but we go back and we look at all the close calls we're going to see how close this team was year after year after year to try and get over the hump what i really love is to see josh allen be the best version of himself simply so that they put their best foot forward to do that in this process i would hate to see a stupid snow game be the reason that we don't get the best of josh allen in the playoffs
2: Agreed. Uh, We also talked about how the Lions had a funny tweet to the Bills telling them, you know, where they could find the emergency phone numbers, lock up the stadium when they leave, and please don't break all the tables. It had me thinking about times when you might have done something accidentally to somebody else's house belongings, etc. And I mentioned earlier an innocent babysitting story involving a spilled Diet Coke. Well, I just remembered a different one. Uh Oh, um, yeah, not surprisingly. There's a theme to a lot of the stories of how people have mucked up other people's homes. And this is fitting right in. So uh, I met a guy when I was working out at Jim Henson Company in L.A. I had an internship in college and we started dating a little Did bit. Did you meet any Muppets? Uh, I did meet some Muppets. Okay. There was actually a, a party for the company um, and at the end of the summer, and there were a variety of Muppet-related things, including a dark room that you walked in, and then you put on headphones, and it was Miss Piggy and Kermit talking dirty to each other with the real voices. I, right
1: I, am. I am so... I'm, look, I know so you've is? got a story to tell, but I've never been more <laughs> envious of your life than right now. My Muppet <laughs> fandom is very, very real. This is... Oh, this is great.
2: It was a pretty incredible place. The the Muppets, the Jim Henson lot is the old Charlie Chaplin lot in Hollywood and they also have a recording studio there. So Chris Isaac was recording there, uh Paul McCartney was recording there, so I got to meet Sir Paul. Um it was a pretty awesome internship to be honest. It was pretty rad. Um anyway, so this brag. Yeah, yeah, total humble brag. This uh that's just a straight brag actually. This fella lived in Chicago, so why graduate college. We uh, start hanging out again, and we go out for a crazy night out. And I wake up in the morning feeling a little off, and I go to the bathroom, and I'm like, oh, everything looks good. Why do I feel like I threw up at some point last night? I just feel My throat's a little sore. I feel like maybe like it just doesn't feel right. So I told him, I'm like, I'm a little worried. And he's like, I don't see anything. We're looking in the downstairs bathroom. We look everywhere. He's like, you're good. So the next time I see him, he lets me know that I had gone to the wrong door of the bedroom. The one on the right went to the bathroom. The one on the left went to his closet. And I threw up in a hamper full of freshly washed and folded clothes.
1: Oh my God.
2: Yeah. That is amazing. uh, All of his fresh clothes. Just, and I remembered it vaguely, just not which thing I puked in.
1: There I I that is that is stunning. There are two different gigs in my life that I got because the person that was let go got so drunk that they just peed in the bunk areas of a tour bus like they had no, no. idea where they were anymore no. twice and tried two totally separate gigs and both and they times were top I got it. bunk huh? uh, oh oh yeah one one person didn't even try and get out of the bunk he just peed the other uh the other actually tried to go into like you know the back portion of a tour bus for many tour buses is where like the artist sleeps like the, the main the main yeah. act sleeps and so he just like he tried to get it he thought that was the the sliding door to the bathroom couldn't get in so he just peed all over the door that's gonna get you fired Ah, it's gonna get
2: fired. That is no good. Uh, I just went to the uh, U.S. Women's National Team Players Association Big Equal Pay Gala on Monday night in New York City, and there was a gentleman. Uh, everyone was very finely dressed. It was a heck of a party. Fat Joe performed Ooh. surprise uh, partway through, and a uh, a gentleman threw up on the red carpet uh, uh. about midway through the party. A bit embarrassing for him as the predominantly lady-driven party was raging hard and not a sign of a stumble. And this guy was like, and I'm out.
1: Oh, Bleah. that's that's amazing.
2: Um, Let's read a couple of these stories of people uh, messing up other people's houses. Uh, Cole Wagoner, when I was a kid, I got sick at a friend's while staying overnight. I threw up in the living room at like 2 a.m. It was two blocks from my house, so I just walked home. A lot of people admitting to just, uh, some guy said he completely destroyed a toilet, hid it, and went home. Uh, Neil Bukta, I drunkenly knocked over my friend's painting And tried rehanging it Only I put the middle of the painting Through the nail it was hanging on Also forgot where I parked my friend's car down the shore We spent four hours looking for it
3: uh, I
1: need Neil to update on that Was that like a Picasso? Was that like a, <laughs> yeah. was that like yeah. a Walmart? Okay, yeah. I got some wall art Was some it Wal-arts that like Lansdowne yeah.
2: yeah. Taddeje That was on everybody's wall in college? Are we talking like some nice art? <laughs> Um, see Rich, the pool man took my buddy Saturn, by the way, remember Saturn's that was like the car, everybody took my buddy Saturn home from the bar one night. It had something kind of wrong with the ignition. Well, after I took it home, the ignition was messed up and you couldn't start it without a key. It was stolen. Oh, you could start it without a key. Oh no. It was stolen three days later, never to be seen again. That's my bad, Larry.
1: Oh, Larry. (laughs) Uh,
2: the Chachua. Drunkenly passed that on my friend's couch, woke up to puke. It was instant. Blue chunks all over the armrest, ran down between the armrest and the cushion. Despite a thorough cleaning, the smell never went away. Huh? Yeah. Uh, that's uh, no that's,
1: you get your buddy a new couch at that point. You're like, hey, my bad. Uh, yeah. I'm going to get you a new couch.
2: Uh, that's better than I am Matt Duff's friend Who it came out the other end All over the couch That's no good That's when you get uh, your
1: friend a new couch And yeah. you never talk to your friend again You <laughs> yeah, just exactly. immediately You're like sorry uh,
2: Just leave Order it so it shows up Never never show your face again Yeah
1: because every time you see that friend group Somebody's oh, going to tell the, t- the story About the time you ruined that's the That's like my couch.
2: friend in college Who often wet the bed And th- she did it at the frat house That her boyfriend lived in He took the mattress and left it in the hall And they included a photo of the mattress in the hall In the senior year end of your slideshow with all the parents and everything because everyone knew the story and whenever they saw the mattress they thought of her wetting the bed uh at nick's pin first time i went to my wife's parents house she was so- showing me a figurine her late grandmother brought back from germany i dropped it and broke it i also clogged the toilet the next day after a night of drinking oh my god <laughs> i love it that's, oh my god that's very like uh you're all for two uh, in that meet situation. Meet the parents. Yeah, you just, like, just sit in the corner and don't move. You,
1: you just you leave at that point. You say sorry. Like you just you, you, you nice ju- maybe you. take on a new address. Something. I
2: hope you find love. It's <laughs> <laughs> not going to be with me.
0: Thanks for listening to the Spain and Fitz podcast. You can listen to the show weeknights at seven Eastern on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app.